I don't believe this. Came in off the tree and just look at this. Well, that is unbelievable. I, don't, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Bogey or Better Podcast. I am Dylan, and we have Cam with us as well. We are back. And uh, hope you guys have been, been doing all right. Hopefully, you all been on the golf course striking it well. Um, and if not, that's okay. We've all been there. That's why you're here. Uh, yep. Um, so, I just wanted to start today about pre-shot routines, because um, that's actually kind of been something I've been doing a lot of thought in with my with my game and the process of my swing. And I was actually looking at Justin Thomas's um, routine. Mm-hmm. And there's been a good bit of talk about his routine. And if y'all if y'all don't know who Justin Thomas is, he's the number three player in the world right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a Small great guy. golfer. He's <laughs> He, he uh, famously just called Tiger a dum-dum on TV, which was hilarious. Yep. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, I didn't catch all of that round, but I saw the highlights, and yeah. they seemed like they were having a good time. The course looks beautiful. Well, yeah, that, the course looks insane. That 19th hole is just if, is incredible. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Tiger just opened up his first fully designed course, right? That was yeah. his first design. Mm-hmm. And it's got In Missouri. A, I, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's not like in any major. I would have thought he would have done something in Florida. Florida, yeah. yeah. But it, it, the the course looks just gorgeous. Um, yeah. And it's got this 19th hole. Uh, I'm assuming it's a bet settler type hole, yeah. right? I don't assume yeah. it's part of the par. So. Um, no. But it is, a, it is as island of a green as you can have. Yeah. Because there's just a yeah. tiny bridge that leads to it. So you just have to pitch a. Be- Do you know the distance? I didn't. Like I said, I didn't watch it. It didn't either. look very long. It looked maybe 150. Yeah, um, which is still, I mean, difficult to place. That yeah. green, that green is not big. No, if y'all think TBC Sawgrass number 17 and TBC Sawgrass yeah. or something, you, uh, yeah, this is a. If you if you island as it gets. If you don't know, go look it up. Tiger Woods course is it Payne Valley maybe? Payne Pain, Payne's Valley. Uh, Payne's P-A-Y-N-E-S. Valley. P a y n e s. I was proud of that. I got. I was pretty close to that. <laughs> and uh, they look at the 19th hole because they had Jack Nicholas out there too, and he still hit oh, the yeah. green. Oh yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's awesome. He must have hit like a seven iron or a six iron and still hit the green. Him and uh, I think Gary Player was there yep. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta love it, man. That's yeah. why if you if you want to get. The career of a golfer lasts so much longer than <laughs> basketball players or uh, football players. Even, I mean, any sport. That actually, that just came up. To, to do you follow Phil Mickelson? Mm-hmm. Did you see his post about him being a Jeopardy question? Yeah, <laughs> he was a. If you didn't see, he was a final Jeopardy question. I guess on the Forbes like highest grossing athletes, he was the highest at his age, right for fifty, yeah. mm-hmm. and they 50 all got old. it wrong. <laughs> None of them knew that it was Phil Mickelson. And honestly, I don't know if I would have known. I mean, 50 is kind of a specific age, and being that Phil is 50, like maybe I would have gotten it, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, you you would think that I mean, once you hear 50 years old and he's still active, you would I would assume you would automatically think golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anybody like that. But there's so many older golfers and it's like I couldn't for sure place like how I mean Ernie is older, but 
He's mm-hmm. been playing forever. Yeah. Jim Furyk is older, but I don't know if I could have been like, I definitely know he's over 50. Yeah. Uh, Fred Couples is still playing, which I just thought it was just... Isn't that crazy? Every, it's always surprising every time I see him. I mean, yeah. But, still yeah. killing it. Yeah, making money. Still the smoothest swing in golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But when you uh, were going back, let's see, we got off on a little tangent. You were talking about trying to improve your pre-shot routine. Yeah. So JT has this waggle um, right before he hits. And so it's the first part of his swing, that first you know quarter of a take back. And he kind of takes it back. He looks at where the club has is being positioned because he says that's the, you know, biggest part of his swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's actually one of the main things I've been having issue with is where my club head is starting off at because I've been a little inconsistent with my shape shot lately. Yeah. Usually, I'm a natural draw. You know, natural mm-hmm. right to left movement. Um, but the past couple of rounds, I've been hitting. A tight cut and it's not i mean it's not out of control most of the time it, it's still pretty nice it's just it catches me by surprise because i'm i'm just not expecting that yeah when you're planning for it to naturally go left and it starts going yeah. right it you're gonna aim according to your natural shot so if it's if it's doing the opposite then you may hit a great shot but put yourself in an awful place yeah and i played uh Saturday, I played yesterday, which was Saturday, and I, for front nine, you know, I was being a little hard-headed and trying to hit my draw, and mm-hmm. just, it was not working, and I shot a, I shot 39, which still wasn't bad, but I could have, you know, going to the back nine, I shot two over, right. and played much better golf, and that was because I just leaned in on it and started playing that cut and if i would have done that in the start probably been a much better score (laughs) yeah yeah um but that got me thinking about my pre-shot routine and what i do so usually i stand behind the ball and then i look at the shape of the hole and i just kind of figure out where exactly i kind of want to aim and then once i figured that out i go ahead and take one practice swing and i step address the ball you know kind of line myself up i actually put my i take the club and i put it horizontal across my stomach and kind of make sure see where the end of the club is lining up to and that can help me kind of position my body the right way and then i step up and hit it that's very simple very quick um pre-shot routine Mm mm-hmm and but this past round i started adding a little bit to it i said in my practice swing i kind of started adding that jt waggle of just kind of you know starting that quarter swing and looking at where the club head is and that kind of it really does give you a really good idea of what you want to do before you hit the ball and kind of sets in that that uh, muscle memory right before the shot yeah and it, it really does help a lot with consistency i think mm-hmm. i can imagine i mean he does that with every club um mm-hmm. and you i'm sure it comes from either being too inside on the take back or too outside so he right. he comes back you know halfway and looks completely down and makes sure his face is completely basically straight up 
that's where you'd want you want your face straight up at that point. Um, so there's a ton of different problems you can fix or at least at least diagnose by doing that. You know whether your problem is going so far inside or outside or you know it, does your face stay closed because then you're just gonna hit dependent on you know other factors you're not gonna hit it squarely or does the face like slam wide open on your take back and that's probably what most people do when they hit a slice they right. they come back in their face their forearms turn and that face is pointing at the sky <laughs> when in fact the toe should be point it should basic the face should be completely like parallel to you and the, the toe should be pointing right up in the sky um if you look at some of the closed fade players like Dustin Johnson his is a tad closed um mm-hmm. but he can control that cuz just the way he swings you know he has that outside to in path um yeah he has a lot of wrist movement as a well a lot yeah, he drops that that forward wrist, and instead of keeping it neutral, he basically bows it down. Um, but I mean, he's also amazing, so yeah, it works for him. We try it, we dig it right there, into the yeah. ground. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, a whole different animal. There. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the more that he has clubs specifically designed so that he can hit that way and still get nice loft. So like we're playing with regular clubs. You need to hit as neutral as possible. Learn to play neutral. You know that we're all gonna have different things in our swings but uh, i need to work on i know for myself i need to work on a pre-shot routine in the beginning i tend to do it more but once i kind of hit that rhythm i don't think about it as much and you know i'll just do stupid things like i'll just hit it too short and it's like i i didn't think about exact distance or i naturally play a cut pretty much all the time i can if i'm really focusing i can try and draw it but that's usually my stock shot no matter what. And I, I need to think more about placement and then how can I swing to achieve that. And if I do that on most shots, I'll probably shave another stroke or two off um, just because I'm thinking about it more. But the key is is a pre-shot routine that doesn't make you overthink mm-hmm. the shot because I think that's where, you, that's where that fine line is. And, and when you watch professionals, their pre-shot routine isn't very long. Mostly, all the the thinking is done before they have the club in their hand, before the caddy yeah. gives it to them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. They'll talk about it beforehand. And I have been, I have witnessed uh, a good bit of really long practice routines in beginners. Yeah. You know, guys who have been playing for about a year, and they're really overthinking it. I see that a lot in, in the newer golfers that they're doing a lot of wiggles, doing a lot of tapping on the ground, doing mm-hmm. a lot of practice swings. And it's just not good. It, it's, it, it starts to make you overthink this game. This game's hard enough, Yeah, you know, as it is. And the simpler you keep it, uh, the better chance you're going to have of being more consistent. Yeah, and, and, and people that take a lot of practice swings do that because, and I don't, so, you know, I've had to ask, but it's like they, they're swinging until it feels right. Or until mm-hmm. like they get that nice sweep on the ground, and then they'll <laughs> top it or try, you know, because it's like they've already ingrained so many poor shots in their head. Mm-hmm. So if you just if you're not hitting things consistently, ten practice swings on the course isn't going to help you. That has to be fixed like on the range. 
you need to be taking those swings on the range so you can start figuring out what feels right so that you only need one or two little practice swings and then you can hit the ball. Because once you start doing these large amount of practice swings, you're not going to... It's not really helping you because you're getting all these poor shots in your muscle memory. Yeah. And yeah, I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times when you put it on a t-shirt. Uh, golf <laughs> is not a game of force. Yeah. Um, and usually people think that means hitting it hard, which, yeah, it does point to that. But also, you're not going to force yourself to make a good swing by taking 10 practice swings. It's right. just not going not gonna to happen. Yeah. It's not. Just go up, take a swing, and then adjust, and then hit it. It's Most of the time, the people that take all those practice swings, it doesn't really affect their shot that much. You know, occasionally you're going to... And, and what it is, is occasionally it does help, so they feel that that's what they have to do every time. But that's going to happen regardless. Take, yeah. you know, just get one solid... Figure out what a good swing looks like. Make that your practice swing. Focus on that exact swing, just like Dylan was saying. You know, that Justin Thomas, the look back, find out what what looks good. You know, you don't have to go all the way back. Just get a good feeling and then swing through. Boom. That's what's in your head. Then go hit the ball. <laughs> yeah, Nobody wants to play with Keegan Bradley, guys. No. I don't know if you've ever seen Keegan Bradley's outrageous. routine, but it, it, uh, it gives me anxiety <laughs> looking at it. He's a great golfer and he's a nice guy uh, from what I've seen, but... Man, he does so many stutters, and he acts like he's about to walk and address the ball, and then he stops and leans back, and it's like he's second. I know he's not, but it looked like he's second-guessing himself every single chance he gets yeah. before he hits the ball. Um, and it's kind of maddening sometimes, and I'm sure the players playing with him kind of get tired of it, too, yeah. <laughs> after a little while. Because when you see somebody address the ball, you know it's about to be done, and it, he just yeah. prolongs it. Maybe it's a maybe it's a tactic to get into the uh, <laughs> the head of who he's playing with. You know, that's not a bad move, honestly. But I do a lot of your thinking and a and uh, deciding how you want to play a shot or what you're gonna do before you grab the club, because when you grab a club, you're set on that, whatever it is. Um, if you go onto a tee box and you grab your driver and walk up you're only going to hit based on a driver because that's all that's in your hand. I know I do the same thing. I'm like, why would I walk back? It'd be, it's so easy to go walk back, but I never do it. It's like, oh, I guess I'll just hit this. Think about, go, you know, think about what do you want to do? Is it really a good idea to hit a driver on this hole? It may not be. So take something shorter, when, but after you've thought about it because now you know I'm going to play something a little shorter, just play a little cut. All right, five iron, boom. And then you go up there, you take a little practice swing and you're already way more ahead than you would have been if you took your driver out and did 10 practice swings because you've actually thought about it more yeah and my problem is is when i go back to the bag to change clubs it's always the wrong choice yes <laughs> it's the right choice is what i already had in my hand the first exactly so. exactly just thinking about yeah. it a little bit so you know guys out there who you know guys and girls out there who do not have a a a pre-shot routine right now i would just keep it simple you know look at where you want to hit it take a practice swing make sure you're lined up correctly however you want to do that and honestly the easiest way is just to do what i do put it horizontally against your body see where the end of your grip is pointing at that's where you want to go and swing it yeah and 
but you know, eventually you'll come up with your own and what you want to do. Um, and if you are seeking help from a you know professional coach or something, he'll help you with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure those little basic things are done before you start getting more advanced. Like if you don't even really know how to aim, you don't really want to be trying to draw or fade the ball. You want to, because you want to be more focused on how do I address the ball and be confident that I'm aiming where I want to be? Because, I mean, it is different. It's not like you're staring right at your aim spot. You have to look at where you want to be, then turn sideways and be off the ball. So learn how to first aim yourself. Dylan's way is a great way. I like to just have a spot in front of the ball, maybe a foot or so on the grass um, where I want the ball to go over. And then I just square up to that. But both ways work. It just depends on what, what you like looking at better. Um, do that first. And that's a perfect pre-shot routine. Find out where you need to be aiming. That's honestly probably the first thing you should do in a pre-shot routine other than distance is figuring out where you need to aim the ball. And then you can start talking about wind and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now we've talked about pre-shot routine and you know what we need to do before we hit the ball. Now let's talk about what we're using to hit the ball with mm-hmm. and what we should be using to hit the ball with. This gets me so angry. <laughs> I've got a st- story time for all of us guys. I'm putting my feet up. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so a couple weeks ago, I played with, I, I got matched up with two other players and I was playing with this one guy and every single shot I saw him hit with an iron I could just tell it was either toe or heel every time. And after about the sixth hole, I looked in his bag. And granted, this guy at most is, I'd say, between a 15 and a 20 handicap. So, he, you know, he's shooting in the 90s right. on average, you know. I look in his bag, Cameron. What, what do I find? What do you think I see in his bag? I would put everything, everything I have on the fact that he has blades. Yeah, absolutely. And not (laughs) only does he have blades, not only are they blades, they are Nike V blades, Tiger's blades. And I see that he has a Nike V driver, three wood hybrid. And I'm like, oh, okay. So you had these and then you saw these blades and you're like, oh, they match my driver. Let's buy them. Uh. That's not what you do. <laughs> do you know how small those V, those Nike V clubs are? I wouldn't even, I would not hit those at all. It's not, it does it, not sound fun at all. It doesn't, but like the four iron, I mean, it's almost the size of the ball. <laughs> like literally the ball takes up probably 50% of the club. Face. Yeah. You get no relief. It is. You have to hit it in that size of a dime sweet spot. Right. Every time. Or else it's going to feel like you broke your hands. Yeah. And it's going to play awful. So there are pretty much, depending on how you look at it, three different levels of irons. Mm -hmm. So we have, let's start with the blades. So we have blades. Which are your like highest. Player irons. They call them player irons because usually only professionals if you're at that professional level or maybe you're a scratch golfer, 
um, play those irons because they call for the most consistency that your yeah. swing is going to be an exact copy of the last one every time. And you can nine, 99 times out of a hundred, you can hit it right squarely in the center, no yeah. matter what and, happens. Yeah. And because those, the, and they call them blades because they literally look like blades they are very thin. They have a, they have a hollow body, so there's nothing, no insert or anything that's helping you at all. It is just a straight-up iron. Usually, they're forged. Right. Forged irons. So, when you and see forged irons, that's what he's talking about, too. Because you'll see, they sometimes they'll pull away from blades, but the forged is a very yeah. similar uh, name for them. Not all for Now, and again, not all forged irons are right. blades, but most blades most are. are forged yeah. irons. Um. And which I'm going to talk to you about an iron set that I'm eyeing on, that I have my <laughs> eye on. <laughs> I'll tell you that later. But uh, so, yeah, and because they're so thin, they're very versatile. So you can shape them, you know, pretty much however you want. You can right. easily, if you're good enough, easily draw it, cut it, hit it low, hit it high, whatever you want to do with yeah. those irons. You can put an excessive amount of spin on it. Uh, easily and so for tour players that is preferred because they need to be able to shape the ball as much as they can but only they need to be able to do that yeah exactly um so you have the blades and obviously the guy i was playing with should not have those at all (laughs) um so second is cavity back irons right that's what me and you play Mm mm-hmm and cavity backs have a range of the width of the sole. So the width of the sole is really what is helping you with uh, forgiveness yeah. in the shots. So even if you hit it a little chunky, it'll kind of fight through that grass a little bit. And then you can still get some pretty good distance off of it. Yep. Um, and the cavity backs we have, they're not very thick. They're kind of, you know, in the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the irons I played before the I 200s, they were, you know, they were pretty thin cavity back irons. Mm -hmm. There was less forgiveness in the ones that I have now. Um, and usually intermediate players will go for the, you know, if you're a, I'd say probably five handicap and up uh, between a five and a 10 handicap, probably, you know, you're shooting kind of in the mid seventies to low Mm -hmm. eighties you'll probably be good with hitting a thinner cavity back iron. Yeah. Um, Cause you're good enough to you control can still the work ball. the ball. Yeah, yeah. You can still work the ball a little bit and the sweet spot is a little smaller, but it's much bigger than a blade. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can't work it as much as a blade. So that's why, right. that's why you see the difference. That's why you would think that, well, why not professionals just use the easiest club to hit because they won't, the forgiveness takes away those, abilities to change drastic shot shapes and things like that and workability that the players need to have but we do not need that because we aren't consistent enough to hit like that you know there's there's no there's you see these players hit these crazy draws and crazy slices and it's because they use these irons that are built to allow a lot of spin they don't have a ton of forgiveness. So when you use a cavity back, that's going to take away that harshness and add a lot more forgiveness, which is great. 
because it'll allow you to hit a lot more straight shots or your mm -hmm. cuts will be a lot tighter. Your draws won't be hooks. Those are the reasons you use cavity backs. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm sticking with cavity backs. And yeah. we'll, we'll get into when it's time to move over to forged and all that stuff. But even we don't even use them. And I have zero desire to use them because I'll probably play worse with them. Yeah. Oh, I don't and say I, probably. I will play worse with them. Let's just say that. <laughs> and again, golf's a hard enough sport as it is. Yeah. So let's choose the clubs that will allow uh, give us the best chance to hit of a good course. shot. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the cavity bags, you have the little thicker, you know, T-H-I-C-C. Yeah. E-R irons. Um, and those are called game improvement irons. And they're exactly what, you know, it sounds like they're. They're there to help you hold, they hold your hand through this very hard sport. Yep. And they give you pretty much, besides the next set of irons, I'm going to talk about the most forgiveness in your shots. Are you going to talk about the Cleveland uh, irons? Uh, hybrid irons. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, exactly what I'm thinking. So if you look, yeah. he'll talk about them. So have that ready to look those up because game improvement irons are, they, they are for people that, you know, need to improve their game and game right. improvement is not a bad thing. I think there's a lot of, I don't know if misconception is the right word, but just a lot of looking down on, on the fact that you use game improvement clubs because it's like, Oh, well you're not good enough. There's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your score and using the best clubs to do that. You know, it just yeah. like we, you, you know, it's like if we wanted to be great, it, we shouldn't use forged irons or blades because that's not where we're at. It'll hurt our game more. So using the clubs for your skill level is is exactly what you need to do. It you, Pride needs to go away. <laughs> if you find exactly. that it's like you get fit in there, like you need these game improvement ones to start playing better, be great that you figured out a way to take strokes. Out. Like if, if, you, if you need game improvement irons to break 100, then do it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like yeah. eventually you'll find that you need to then go to cavity backs because you're starting to hit good, but you can't get certain spins on it that you want. You're just kind of hitting them straight, which I can't believe you'd be complaining about something <laughs> like that. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with using the set for your skill level. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that brings me to the third set of irons which are hybrid irons mm. now, these are the thickest of thick irons you can get um cleveland has a few uh, but the big brand that really love hybrid irons are are adams yeah 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 adams uh, i think some of them are called idea tech i think those are the older ones i'm not sure what the newer ones are right now uh, maybe you can look mm -hmm. that up Cam. yeah but uh we have a friend who has a full set he got into golf. He bought a full set of Adams golf clubs, driver, three wood, five wood, and then the hybrid irons, you know, three through pitch and wedge, and then wedges and the putter. Um, and let me tell you, I hit them. I hit them once. <laughs> and it's like being just coddled, like you're a baby. Like they're just like, don't worry, we take care of everything. We're gonna make sure this ball goes nice and straight. You can hit it two inches behind the ball, and we will take care of you. It is okay. <laughs> um, they are very chunky. So high, I'm sure, 
you know, some of you golfers out there, y'all have a three or a four hybrid in your bag. And then it goes to the iron 12. Think about that three or four hybrid. And then it goes down the line through pitch and wedge. Um, probably three, four, five, and six pretty much look like your average hybrid. And then seven, eight, nine pitch and wedge and gap wedge, if you have it, are just going to look like just very, very chunky irons. Mm -hmm. Just They're going to have that iron face, but then on the back, it's just going to be a rocket on the back. And that rocket on the back, it helps with distance. It helps with forgiveness. The sole is very thick, so it's almost impossible to really chunk it too bad with those irons. Unless you're, you know, you're hitting six inches behind the ball. But if you're hitting a couple inches behind the ball, you're still going to make contact with it. And uh, your thin shots, if you kind of, you know, lift up a little bit, it's still going to go in the air. And most importantly, it's still going to feel kind of good. It's not going to hurt your hands, which I liked. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a professional that uses hybrid irons. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Uh, KJ Choi. Really? He's, I think he's actually on the Champions Tour now, but he was pretty hot on the PGA for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he uses full set Adams hybrid irons. It's Does hilarious. Which but. is funny because those clubs are made for slow, slower swings that mm -hmm. have like major distance and control issues. Like they're like, if you if you don't swing very fast, but you hit it like, 100 yards and then you could hit the same iron 170 yards right. or you'll hook it one and then slice it the next like it is literally just a dealer's choice on what's going to happen that that's the club you would use so the fact that you've got i did not know that that's that's actually yeah, really he's, funny. he's a winner on the p like a multiple winner on the pga tour and he hits hybrid irons right. that's uh he probably doesn't straight. even have to think about where his shot's gonna go he's gonna go so straight <laughs> yeah uh but there's so, an example yeah, uh, for you. Like, he's willing to play. He's, he, you know, like, I'm sure he gets made fun of for using that. Yeah, he knows what he likes. He knows what, you know, fits his game the best. And it's kind of like, um, you remember Anthony Kim? Yeah. Um, you know, he's really, he was a really short mm -hmm. guy. But, and, you know, all of his coaches were like, you need to get custom length right. irons. And he's like, no, that's not how I've played. That's not how I play. And so he just... He's always learned how to choke up on the irons and, and hit them, and that's what he did. Yeah. So, you know, it's whatever fits your game. There's nothing wrong with with using that stuff. That's just really funny. I honestly had no idea that a professional used them. But, yeah. you mean, you can get these iron sets, I know, on rock bottom golf, which me and you definitely mm -hmm. should start a tab with them because we, yeah. we tend to go there a lot, which if you've never been there, not a sponsor, rock bottom golf, fantastic. Like we said, we pre-owned clubs, not a bad thing. I mean, Dylan got his stuff from eBay. You can probably find yeah. better deals on eBay, but if you want more, I would say, like, consistent um, golf clubs, if, these are probably if you're, where you'd go. But. Yeah, if you're worried about, you know, if you don't know how to look for counterfeit clubs or fake clubs or anything like that and you're a little worried about it, there are two places, Rock Bottom Golf and Golf Avenue. Oh, I've never been on Golf um, Avenue. Both very good websites. Golf Avenue is the American version of Golf Bitter, which is mm, in the UK. Yeah. Um, I don't know if... Have you ever looked at Rick Shields' stuff on YouTube? He's a, uh, I know the he's name. A coach. I don't know if I've seen his stuff, though. I, I follow him on YouTube on Instagram. He's he's a really good guy. and he, um, Him and his buddy have a YouTube page, and 
they did a uh, like a match play tournament over the years, and they would go to golf better. They would give them five hundred dollars to buy secondhand clubs, and then they'd go play each other. Oh, nice! Match play with the clubs, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's they they're all secondhand golf clubs, but you know they obviously make double check, make sure they're legit and no counterfeits, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So they're always certified, pre-owned clubs. And uh, so yeah, those are the two places that I would definitely take a look at if you are a little weary about going on eBay. Yeah, because I mean, you just just making sure that you have specifically what you're looking for. Then yeah, you may want to go to a more reputable uh, dealer. Uh, I'm looking at Golf Avenue now. I like it. They've got tons of stuff on here. Uh, mm-hmm. Great deals too. Um, that's like what we talked about though. Fun- getting great deals. There's nothing wrong using five year old clubs. No. And and paying you know two hundred dollars for an iron set. There's nothing wrong with that. Instead of paying ridiculous amounts of money for a brand new one, because anything's just going to be an improvement. And so playing your specific style for the specific club that you use, you're gonna you're gonna start playing better. Yep. And that kind of brings me to what I mentioned earlier, Cam. <laughs> I've fallen in love. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I have fallen in love. Love at first sight for sure. They are the ping I five hundred irons. You are a ping man. I am a ping man. I love ping irons. A lot of players I've come to find out do not like ping irons. They say they feel a little hard. Really? I've, I've never, yeah, I've never, I've, I've played ping irons for the past six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always loved the, all ping clubs, really. I used to have a ping putter. Now, ping putters apparently are legit. Like people do love ping putters, but they've always said that the irons just have not felt good to them. But that has changed their, their talk because yeah. of the ping I 500. They look they awesome. Are Fully forged, but they're not blades, everybody. Right. Don't worry. I am not a hypocrite. I am not <laughs> buying blades. They are, you know, kind of in that middle area of a thinner cavity back. They're not cavity backs because they're forged, but kind of in that forgiveness level. Yeah, they're a, the more forgiving. They're more forgiving than their, um, than what was it, their I-210s? Yeah. Yeah. So their I-210s. I think the, it goes like... Ping I blades, which are the blades, obviously, and then Ping I two tens, then the I five hundreds, and then they have like two G sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the two ten would be it's compare, it's comparable. Um, and I'm pretty sure what I've read about those I five hundreds is that they're considerably more forgive, uh, or they're more forgiving, and they have better distance control. Yeah. Um, which is that? And I mean, they that's feel awesome. Softer because they're forged. Right. Um, so I'm going to go hit them at our local golf shop eventually. And I have a feeling I'm going to love them as soon as I hit Mm -hmm. them. For sure. And come tax return. Yeah. I know what I'm getting. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at it and, hmm, it ain't cheap, but it isn't, it isn't as bad as I thought it would be. But man, do they look good! And if you if yeah. if you go online, you can actually see a split uh, version of it where it basically looks like the iron was cut in half, and you can mm-hmm. see that it is a cavity back. It's not a a, a solid hunk of, of metal. Um, and right. you can see where that cavity back piece comes in. It's 
It's actually mm-hmm. really unique. I I'll sh- I don't know if you've seen it. That's what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you still get the forgiveness of using a cavity back, but a lot more control. So he'll probably have occasional bad shots with these. Yeah. Um. Because they're not as forgiving as his cavity backs. But when he wants to really j- draw something around, like a set of trees or something like that, he'll finally be able to with that. And that's kind of where upgrading it, your club sets. To something like that is worth it for you. Yeah. They just look so darn pretty. Too. They do look good. Um, so I've, I've been waiting for Ping to kind of come out with that really good looking iron. And mm-hmm. this past year, they really did it. Like with the Ping G700s, that black mm-hmm. yeah. iron. Oh, man, those look sexy. And those I500s just look so good. So I can't wait to hit them. I'm very excited to, to try them out. Yeah, that, I bet that. Because TaylorMade has had almost, I wouldn't say a monopoly, but they've been putting out some quality stuff. I mean, you look at just the and, professionals that play specific irons oh, for yeah. them. Oh, yeah. By TaylorMade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's The it's P790 yeah. MBs look very good. I mean. The MBs and then the MPs, I think, are the other yeah. ones. Yeah. And if you look like Tommy Fleetwood has a specific, like they're made, they're, you know, they're a specific iron set, but they're bent and all all to their own people but taylor may has been putting out some some solid stuff have you seen the wedges that they came out with that are they're the ones that tiger created oh my goodness yes they had tiger's input i mean i've never seen a wedge that looks like that before and it's it's four hundred dollars for both right yeah yeah which i mean that's more expensive than than SM, Oh yeah, yeah. The fact that it's got Tiger Woods' stamp on <laughs> oh, it yeah, is why. For sure. But I think I I was reading up on it. Um, I know it's got a lot more heel forgiveness, and the bounce is milled right, so it's super consistent yeah. between yeah. each club. And there's like different variations within the bounce. Yeah. So you can do multiple things. Um, I think I saw a couple of reviews, and they're like. I mean, this is nice, but unless you're Tiger Woods, I don't think you'll be able to fully utilize right. everything that's going on in this wedge. Mm-hmm. You're better off you just getting just a simpler wedge. So many things, yeah. Yeah, because it's like you're not going to need it, so why pay the money? But it does have TW stamped on it, and it does. It's a letter. So you want it's got a, a letter TW from stamp him. club in your bag? Buy it. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's like a if you get both of them, it comes in a nice box. It's got a little mm. letter from him. I mean, it makes you feel real good. Uh, you know, it's... But like you're saying, yeah. If you want a club where you don't have to think about, like, what grind do I want? What type of bounce do I want? That, I would assume that that club kind of takes care of most of it. At least of what yeah. I've read. That you just buy it and it works in any sense of, of type of play mm-hmm. you want to use. At least to my understanding. I could yeah. be wrong. Which is kind of cool because the fact that that has come out means that mm, club makers will start following that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure like your Vokey wedges, they will stick to their thing. But yeah. Titleist also makes non-Vokey wedges. So, mm-hmm. you know, they may have a new line of forgiveness wedges. Um, I saw, I think my dad uses a ping wedge. I, I could mm-hmm. be wrong. But it's got, it's like... The face is further than the shaft. It's really weird. Like, so when you address the ball, you can't really shank it because the club face Hmm. will always be 
at the ball before the hosel. Hmm. It's honestly really weird. And I tried hitting it, and it's just weird looking. Um, but it was I've hit it nice. It was off mats, so I don't. Uh, that doesn't really help that much. But I've seen a lot of companies that make like putters also making wedges Mm -hmm. and they do the same thing they make these game improvement wedges where the face is like it's it goes further out than the hosel so even if you tend to you know when i say hit the hosel that's where the shaft meets the club and when you hit that that's what causes those shanks like super far to the right really low how dare you say that word (laughs) This is a clean podcast, Cam. Excuse we do not me. say the S word here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said. We'll bleep it out in post. <laughs> but when you hit the hosel and you do that thing that we never like to talk about, that's what happens. And so there's these wedges out there. I don't. I, I mean, I don't, my phone's about to die, so I don't know if I can show it. But if you look one up when we're done recording, it is weird looking. And I could have swore it was by Ping because um, <laughs> it made me think of you. And um, so there's those out there, too. But so one thing I didn't, I never liked from Ping. Is I never wedges? liked their wedges. Yeah, yeah. They're they're weird looking, honestly. I, I yeah. he's got one. He loves it because he he needs a lot more control with his wedges. Yeah. But he's been. Your dad playing. always had a problem with the short game. But and and I know. But last time I played with him on thir- Thursday, dude, he was hitting the best chips I've ever seen of his life. Hmm. I'm talking just nice. And he was playing TP fives. And mm. I have I play in the picks right now, the TB5 picks, and we'll talk about that on another episode. But he was just, I mean, no green to work with, elevated, about 15 yards out, chipped it, and it was about two, maybe two feet from the hole. Man, that's It had great. spin, like perfect control, like it was exactly what he wanted to do. So I think he's got a nice setup with the ball that he likes, and that wedge works really well for him. So, I mean, that was his probably biggest flaw in his game. Um, was that chipping around the green because hmm. he would he had a tendency to either chunk it or fly it right over. Yeah. But now he I mean his chipping is phenomenal. And he's got a good putter that he set with, so I'm worried. Because I had a nice little run <laughs> where I was consistently the five or seven strokes and I think he's taken at least four away from <laughs> from bad chips. So it's it's pretty close now. So I'm excited to make to keep it going. I don't think I've played with him since he got fitted for all his new clubs. I don't think you have. Yeah, that was that was like years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, he's got he's got forged irons too. Hits them beautifully. He's got he's shorter. They? they are Callaways. They're the Callaway okay. forged. His whole set is the same. On oh, he's got his wedges and he's got an Odyssey triple track putter. It's got the exact uh, basic dimensions as the um, square back Scotty. Okay, like mm-hmm. Jim's putter. Right. Mm-hmm. And um but it, it doesn't have the weights, adjustable weights. It's this but it's all black and then the mm. the the back of the putter has that triple track from the the balls as well. And it's made to use with those balls because then you've got all these different alignment guides, but um you know, you can use whatever. And it's got an insert, but it's not a whole piece. It's like all these little pieces of metal. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And uh-huh. I don't, it's nice. Like, I've hit it. It's it's nice. And he's been putting phenomenal. So I think he, he found something he likes really well. But he's, yeah, he's good. playing really good. So we'll have to, we'll have to get him out there. Watch me yeah, say I that and bought, he's going to play awful. But <laughs> I just bought Pops, uh, my, my dad, a, a new set of irons. Your dad did? Um, 
Yeah, okay. Well, so Dad had a little health scare. Um, mm -hmm. He had to have a, a catheter put in. Oh, he, no. he's, uh, but he, he's fine. But uh, for uh, celebrating his recovery, I bought him a set that matched his driver and three wood that oh, he nice. always liked. So I got him Nike Sumo Ooh. SQ irons. Dude, Nike needs to come back to start making clubs. Their clubs were just... I love Nike clubs. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to find Nike irons out there, mm -hmm. even on eBay. Like people are people are holding on to them now since they don't make them anymore. Yeah, but, I mean. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll have to do a father son. We'll force. Them. I know that'll be nice. Your dad's yeah. putter. That's gonna have to be a whole episode. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk we'll, about we'll that. We'll get pictures and everything because I can't even describe it to you. <laughs> but um, but that, I think that leads us into what we've been hyping up this whole week, huh? Oh yeah, guys. Get so, excited, guys. We had a nice. We had a nice turnout for the giveaway. We want to thank everybody for reaching out um, and being a part of it because, you know, we love doing this. We get to talk about golf, but the fact that there's people listening and that want to, you know, be a part of what we're doing makes it even better. Um, we had a ton of entries. Everyone, we loved it. We loved everything. Um, and let me see. Do you know off the top of your head? Because I can pull it up. Um the winner? Yep. You want to announce the winner? All right, guys. Let's have a drum roll. And our winner is Harrison Holt. Woo! Harrison, his, get excited. Yep. His IG is Harrison.Holt. Harrison, thank you so much. We appreciated your review. Uh, we especially love that you'd put in that you were a new golfer. Um, and... That's what we were doing this giveaway for. That's exactly what it yeah. was. This whole podcast, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, and I had a lot of friends of mine reach out and was talking about if I had something like you were talking about in your podcast, I would start golfing more because a lot of people just don't have the equipment. And I think we really showed that for a not expensive $300, I mean, when you're talking about golf clubs, yeah, you can have a full set. So uh, I want to congratulate our man, Harrison, thank you for uh, the review. Someone gave us a three-star review. I just want to throw that out there. Don't know where that oh, came wow. from. I mean, obviously, they're just haters. But <laughs> everyone else, I mean, loved all the support. Um, so, Harrison, we will reach out to you um, and get those clubs sent to you uh, as soon as possible. So, thank you so much. Um I think we can go ahead and talk about what we want to do for next week, right? Yeah. I think um, we we were talking about how much we love just feeling a little more engaged with all the listeners. So we're going to set up a couple ways where uh, you guys can submit uh, questions or topics, things you want us to talk about. It doesn't have to be golf-related. It could be your f you know favorite color. We don't care. Just be nice to uh, to chat, uh, in a sense, with, with everybody listening. Um, we can... Uh, at our Instagram, obviously. Uh, our email is bogeyourbetterpodcast at gmail.com. And Dylan, our Twitter handle is... Is that bogeyourbetter? And um, you can uh, find us at all those. Um, you can tweet us there. DM us on Instagram. We'll set up a little like story where you can where you can send them in that way as well. We'd love to just hear from you. Questions you got about us, maybe. Um, or just about golf in general. Um and yeah, it'll be nice to kind of get a little more engagement. So uh, I think that that'll do it. We've got another giveaway coming up soon. Um, yeah. So get ready for that. It'll be 
be in a little bit, but it is soon. So uh, it'll be announced in the ep- in our upcoming episode. So you're gonna have to listen to find out uh, when that is. So uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. Dylan, let's take a moment. All right, guys. Catch y'all later. See ya. Bye.